Welcome to the Tabletop Sportcast with your host, James Cast. This podcast is dedicated to my favorite hobby, tabletop sports. I'll review games in my collection, discuss how I approach different projects, and even recap the latest games from my tabletop. Have questions, thoughts, or feedback? Feel free to reach me at tabletopsportcast at gmail.com. And while you're at it, feel free to give a rating to this podcast. Thanks. Today's episode is going to focus on historical versus fictional replays, and I'll dive into that in just a bit. But first, let's get a quick update on what's been happening on my tabletop. So the highlight of this week was probably the completion of the 2000 Football America cooperative project that I had been organizing. Keith Avalon of Play Games featured our championship game on his YouTube channel, and it was Highlands Ranch, who had gone 11-1 and in the regular season, uh, basically beating up Philadelphia and taking home the title. Not a big surprise there. I think the final score was something like 28-7 to or 28-6, to so uh, great finish to that project, and again, appreciate everybody who took part in it. Also wrapped up the another cooperative event, and this is one that was being hosted on our play community site by Paul Salzgaber, and that was the History Maker Golf like 2021 play tour. So the events finally, this was the sixth event, and it wrapped up at the Champions Course, which uh, is one is basically Augusta, and it's uh, the the course that it was designed by Play Games to simulate Augusta. And we were able to choose the golfer that we wanted. I went with my tried and true Iron Sharpshooter, which I don't know if that was the best choice this time around, but it usually worked good for me in the past, so I stuck with it. Overall, not a great round. Very consistent across the board. Uh, I shot 74 for the first round, 74 for the second round. Came in with a 69 for round three. Thought maybe I was getting it turned around and then right back to a 74 again for round four. Uh, So finished at three over par. Not great. It was the only uh, tournament that we did for all where we did four rounds, but I should not be anywhere near the top of the standings this time around. I think it actually will wrap up um, next week. I think next week is when the scores are due. So expect to see my name low on the list there. So let's take a little tour around the rest of what I had going on on the tabletop, Uh, starting with baseball. So I've I've been doing my 1940 uh, AL mini replay, basically finishing up the games in September. Uh, This week, I played games from September 15th. There was a doubleheader with Cleveland hosting Philadelphia. Uh, The Indians swept the doubleheader. They won game one, 6-5, Bob Feller picking up the win. And they won game two, 8-3, with Smith picking up the win. Uh, Not a big surprise there. Philly, I think, now has lost seven in a row. So they are living up to their billing there and allowing the top teams to really gain. Cleveland just continues to pad to their lead. They have really been outstanding throughout the replay so far. Also on the 15th, Washington uh, traveled to Detroit and came away with a surprise win. So Washington picked up a win 5-4. 
Uh, Dutch Leonard was the winning pitcher. That one's a little bit of a surprise. Added a little bit more cushion to Cleveland's lead. Um, you know, historically, Detroit was the division, was the league champions. So they have some catching up to do here. Uh, and that's one of the games they probably needed to get. Also in baseball, uh, a different league. I have also am taking part in a uh, play-by-phone or play-by-Zoom league. And that's my uh, slobs league. Uh, we're using the famous Fall Classics 1 set for History Maker Baseball. And my 1986 Mets hosted the 1968 Cardinals and came away with a wild win. Uh, the final score is 8-7. Starting pitchers in this was Bob Gibson against uh, Bobby Ojeda. Didn't think we were going to get to Gibson, but we ended up getting uh, five runs in the first inning against him. And then just watched as the Cardinals chipped away at the lead. Uh, they tied it up. It was 6-6. We took the lead, 7-6. They came back and tied it again in the eighth. Bottom of the eighth, we finally got another run home and were able to, to have Roger McDowell come out and close it for the save. So big win for us, beating Bob Gibson. We'll take it. Uh, that's baseball. So let's go over to football, my 1973 NFL replay. We have reached the playoffs. It was the NFC Divisional Playoffs this week. Atlanta traveled to Los Angeles and came away with a big win on the road. A little bit of a surprise there, but Atlanta wins. They scored a touchdown in the final seconds and won it 14-13. So the Rams are out of the playoffs in 1973, which is really a shocker with that front four that they had on their defense. But Atlanta was able to, you know, just do enough to keep the scoring low and found a way. So Congrats to them. They will move on. And they're going to play the winner of our other game. So in the other divisional playoff game, it was Washington traveling to Minnesota. And Minnesota just put a hurt on Washington. Final score was 37-14. So the Vikings advance. Their offense was just too much for Washington. Uh, great running game behind Chuck Foreman. Tarkenton just made big plays when he had to with his arm and his legs. So it was just, it was a big mismatch for the most part. So the, the NFC championship is going to be probably played next month. And that will be Atlanta traveling to Minnesota in the NFC championship. Also, uh, I got, was able to get a second game in uh, another cooperative event happening in the play games community is the commissioner surprise tournament for 2021. And I was able to play a second game with the New York Rangers. Very happy to do so. The Rangers came away with a big win against the Florida Panthers, a, a, probably another upset for them. The first one was a mild upset. This one was probably a little bit bigger. Final score of that game was four to three. The Rangers won that. Uh, Kreider had two goals. And this really came down to the goalkeepers. And you can listen to the recap on a previous podcast here. I think it was my last episode. Uh, Shesterkin for the Rangers made two spec saves in the final 10, 11 minutes of the third period to keep the doors closed, basically. And meanwhile, Bobrovsky, the Florida goalkeeper, 
allowed all four goals on failed spec saves. Um, one of the ratings for their goalies is spectacular save rating, and Bobrovsky didn't have any stars there, so he's not really good in the big moments, and it showed. Like All four goals for the Rangers were spec save opportunities that he failed on, and that was the difference. Four to three, Rangers take it, and they will move into the next round. Um, probably a little bit of a surprise to still be in it. What else happened? Uh, decathlon. So I pulled out the decathlon game. First time I've actually done a decathlon event probably in about four years. This is a project I started back in. I was looking it up back back in like 2012. I actually started this calendar and it just it was one of those projects that made me think about like how I have to get back to or incorporate project planning so that these projects don't just sit and never get finished. So I really committed to like pulling out the old sheets on that and getting that one across the finish line. Um, so this was the, I think this is the October event, September or October event for the decathletes. It was the BMW Invitational. There were 10 different athletes that took part. The winner ended up being Tom Pappas of the United States. He scored 8,802 points. That was the 10th best total I've ever had for a decathlete. So he made the top, he cracked the top 10 just barely. And uh, so he wins the event. Uh, Bendlin took second and Bausch took third. Those are the top three finishers. It was actually pretty close in the top three. But Pappas comes out with the win, wins the BMW Invitational. And um, I think the next events for the decathletes will start to get into the qualifiers for each of the different countries. So uh, that should be in the next couple months as I start to work and finally wind down that project after many years. Uh, let's see. And then finally, we I just played this morning the Fury Hardball World Cup continues. It was Group D play this morning, and Colombo, a shocker. Colombo wins the group. They finished the group with a 6-3 and three record. I believe they were the lowest seed of the four teams, but they ended up pulling it out, 6-3 and three record. Uh, they edged out Kansas City, who was the favorite. Uh, Kansas City finished 5-4. and four. They beat out the Chicago Blue team who finished five and four. And then Philly was the team that really struggled. They finished two and seven. Uh, Colombo hit 12 dingers as a team in their um, nine games. So decent totals there. And Milner of the Chicago blue team uh, recorded 16 zingers in his basically three starts. So he now has the highest total of all um, slingers so far for the tournament. Uh, so the Fury Hardball continues, the, the World Cup. We're still in the group play, have a number of groups to get through. I think there's 12 groups overall to, to, to compete, so a lot more to do. And that's basically my week in review. Um, so let's take a little quick break, and then we'll get back into the main topic for today. I got the spark for... Today's episode from a conversation I was having with Travis Jansen at the play.com this past summer. We were talking about the what we like to play, and he's really into the fictional leagues offered by play games. And I was saying at the time that I was very much into the historical replays, and I didn't 
get driven as much by the fictional leagues. But as I've had time to kind of reflect on that, I've started thinking about, well, is that really 100% true? Because even when I do an historical replay, is it a true historical replay? Probably not. So one of the things I want to do is take a look at the different dimensions that kind of come into play when I think about, I'm saying historical versus fictional, but really I would say like more like reality versus fiction. So let's start with games first and foremost. There are two really different types of games, I would say. There's, there's games that are designed to be very much like a statistical replay or simulation and then there are games that are more of that hybrid model of you've got some definite pieces of it that is a uh, simulation but also parts of it that are more game-like and then i have games that are very much into what i would call the fictional realm and they're not even designed to be actual sporting events they're more like in that realm of like alternate sports. Uh, so examples of like some of those alternate sport games that I have are uh, the Fury games by uh, by Play Games or Play Now, I should say. Uh, Fury Football, Fury Hardball, where it's it seems like football and baseball, but it's not exactly playing by the same rules. It's really in a in a genre all of its own. Uh, and there's a lot of other games that are out there that are in similar modes like that so where do i tend to lean towards i mean i definitely cross over but i would say if i'm leaning one way it is towards the more simulation style games i want to be able to kind of recreate events to a degree on my tabletop so that's probably a direction that i'll lean towards more simulation versus kind of alternate sport universe now, where I was really focused when I was talking with Travis was more about the players. Like, who are the players that I actually use during my tabletop simulations? Um, and, and in that case, I would say I lean heavily towards the historical. And as I've mentioned before on this podcast, that for me, a lot of it is almost like that baseball card feeling again from when I was a kid and trying to bring those players to life. Um it's something that, you know, certainly played better at times in video games, right? You had a much easier time sometimes with video games of making it feel like the players were alive. But to me, it happens a lot on my tabletop. And that's why I am more likely to lean towards the historical um, players again. I want to take a season and I want to bring those players to the tabletop. And, and even if it's like a uh, combination type league or, you know, it's like an all-time greats team type approach. It's still those players, right? It's still like the actual players. I don't have like the fictional player coming to my tabletop. Now, in a similar fashion, like I would say, like even though I do tend to use the fictional set sometimes and I may even want to, you know, I don't actually go to the length of creating my own fictional players, really. And and there's even times where I've created, like for Fury Football, I can remember at one time, like initially, because again, this was the mode that I like to operate in more, like 
the first real time I played Fury Football, I created cards um, based on real players. I brought real players to the tabletop with Fury Football and then kind of abandoned even the fictional players there. Uh, same with um, Face to the Mad, like a wrestling game. Even though it's very much like lends itself to an alternate reality type event, I found myself drawn more and more like I want to see like those old like, you know, old time wrestlers on my tabletop. I don't want to have these like fictional guys as much, but the game works really well with fictional. But uh, and I do definitely have a blend there, but I still felt like I had to, I had to figure out how to get like those actual wrestlers onto my tabletop. Now, the place where I started to um, counter argue myself when I said I was really into historical replays was around league setups. I've almost never done like a straight historical replay in a sport. In fact, probably the closest I've come to it is uh, doing my 1940, you know, American League replay that I'm doing right now with History Maker Baseball, where I am actually going in and playing the games as they were played on those days and even starting with the same starting lineups and trying to judge based on like who had a good game. Like if somebody went three for five that day, I'm going to make them the hot batter because they actually had a good performance that day. And if a pitcher, you know, went the distance, even if he wasn't a good pitcher, I'm going to lean towards keeping him in most of the game, right? I'm going to try to replicate what actually happened on those days as much as possible. It still allow some freedom for the game to play it out a different way. Right. But that's probably the closest I've come to actually, you know, using the real lineups, using the real schedule, trying to use player usage as they use them, not as I would typically use them. A lot of times though, I am using historical players, but I'm kind of creating a whole new approach to it. And maybe I've come up with my own schedule. Uh, for instance, when I did my 2019 Mets replay, I created a schedule where I wanted them to play. I wanted to get a feel for the set, right? So I wanted them to play every team, every American League team, every National League team. And I didn't want to have to keep managing like, well, who's that? Who's what's the status of players on other teams and this and that. I just decided like, if they're scheduled to play 10 games against the Marlins, then they're going to play 10 straight games against the Marlins. And then, and I went team by team through the schedule. Uh, that that's like one approach. And, but there are times where I'll use like the actual as played schedule, like my 1973 replay, I am using the actual schedule that the NFL used. Now what I'm not worrying about is like who's in the lineup, you know, I'm going with what I would call the a lineup throughout the entire games when I play those games. I'm really not using the backups at all. I'm playing with the express version. There's really not a lot of injury calls that take place, so I'm just going to play it out based on how I would see it. So somewhat immersed into the actual historical piece of it where I'm using their schedule, but not really to the point of like player usage, right? And I think those are some examples. There have been times where I've decided to just try to set up a league and not even use like the actual schedule for a particular league. For instance, I might say I have a 
12 team league and maybe i'll use an a, you know an old nfl schedule to set up like a mimic schedule and say like i said instead of making a one game i'm gonna make it a three or four game series and now i've got a schedule i can work with and it's a short season schedule but i've got what i need um and there's also times with like alternate reality sports right where i might actually set up schedules for instance my uh, Fury Hardball World Cup right now is mimicked after like the actual World Cup and the way like most soccer federations would set up their their leagues uh, with group play followed by like a knockout round. And that's an example of taking like a real reality or historical based league structure and bringing it to the tabletop with an alternate sport. And then I've seen a lot of people, and I haven't done this as much, but there's also people who, you know, you can use your homebrew, your kind of homegrown or homebrew rules to change the way a sport is played. Uh, there's some great examples out there of people playing, for instance, baseball with seven innings, right? Not playing a typical nine inning game, but playing more of like a seven inning game and just to see like, what does that look like? Um, I've had it where I've done it with short rosters, right? I've played, I've played a baseball game with um, maybe a 20 man roster or an 18 man roster and tried to limit the number of players I'm going to use just to make it easier to bring the stars out. And like, for instance, I think I did that with the Cooperstown collection set for history maker baseball and where I wasn't really planning on having full lineups with a bunch of backups. Like I just wanted to see how many lineups I could create with a few starting pitchers, a couple of relievers, and basically like, you know, 10 batters with maybe a couple backups just because there were, there were available, but tried to create shorter rosters because that's how I was going to tend to manage it. Uh, am I really going to be pinch hitting for some of these guys? Probably not. And with homebrew rules, that's probably a place where you can really get creative with this, right? You you can really start to make something very different for yourself. Uh, for instance, I've toyed around, I haven't really gotten far with it, but I've toyed around the idea of playing like Fury football. And instead of having offense and defensive players, seeing like what would it look like if I did kind of Iron Man style, right? And had offensive players also play defense. Um, you know, I've seen, I think even Keith Avalon showcased like, because his like blast games are somewhat interchangeable that you could actually use like hockey players on a, in a soccer game or a lacrosse game. And a lot of the ratings will work out for the most part so that you can do that. Uh, so those are some ways that you can play around a little bit with your homebrew rules to try to tweak how a game takes place on your tabletop. So going back to that original question that I posed then, like, am I more aligned with historical or am I more in the fictional realm? And, and I think like most people, I find myself somewhere in that blend space. Like I very rarely, if ever, will do a true historical replay. I typically will find ways to tweak it a little bit, um, whether it's putting a what if scenario out there or um, 
playing around with the league formats or playing around with some of the home rules to try to make the game just happen a little differently. I think that's where most of us tend to lie because it gives us more ownership over the project that we're putting on our tabletop. And, you know, I don't know if there's the same satisfaction all the time and just basically saying like, yes, I got that season to play out exactly right. And everybody hit the same way and everybody won the same number of games. And it was perfect. I like basically recreated that entire season. That has its merits at times, but I think most of the time we want to see like, well, what would have happened if we did it this way? Like, can I find a way to win more games for my team or can I see like, what would my team have looked like with these players on it? Like those are all ways that we might try to tweak it a little bit. Um, And I think those who tend to really lean towards the fictional universe, it's even more about that ownership and making it, so that there really is no history to relate it to. So you almost can play expectation-free to some degree. You can be surprised by the results. What if I had a 50 home run hitter who, you know, historically hit 50 home runs and then all of a sudden he has the season and he ends up at 30? Like, what does that do for mine? Like, I had that expectation of what that that home run hitter was going to do. What if my football player, you know, rushed for 2,000 yards and during my replay, it just didn't work out and he ended up like 1,700 yards. Like, what's that going to do? Like, because I already had these expectations of where that was going to end up. Meanwhile, I could take a guy with the exact same rating as a fictional player and just say, oh, he had the 30 home runs. Great. Like, that's where he ended up. Thought he might get more, but that's where he ended up. He ended up with 30. So that's how it played out. And... That's where I think most of us fall somewhere in between in terms of trying to figure out how we want to do our leagues, where you have a nice blend between historical slash reality and also that alternate slash fictional feel to your tabletop projects. All right, that's it for today's episode. So thanks for listening again, and uh, we'll probably be back. I think the format and the... Uh, that I'm starting to fall into the rhythm of as that was my goal for this month was to try to figure out like what's the cadence for these podcasts. I think one will be a midweek kind of game of the week. Uh, the past couple of weeks, it's been my commissioner surprise tournament games. Uh, so more than likely there'll be a game of the week uh, feature coming up. And in fact, next week, I think you'll hear a recap of some of my, History Maker Baseball 1940 American League games. I'm going to probably pick a couple games, have a double header between the Boston Red Sox and the Chicago White Sox. And I think that'll be a good one to kind of bring as a recap and give you a rundown of how the double header played out. And then Sundays will be my typical broadcast where I'll give you a kind of recap of what's been going on in my tabletop overall and pick one of the topics like this um, or something different to basically cover. So look forward to talking or having you listen in next time around. Thanks.